Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For SEN America, this is the SEN NBA Podcast. You are listening to the SEN NBA Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Tyler, and across the desk with me, Luke Sakari and Chris Silva. Boys, what's going on? Not much, Christos. We've just come off a day of upsets in the NBA. It's ridiculous. Isn't Every it? upset one today. There's good teams laying next. But, yeah. but we're not going to play today. <laughs> Thank God so, the Celtics weren't playing. They might weird, have fallen to the same fate. They're a not weird. a good team, though. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Top I'm four. Four. Finally, top What's four. What's up, Christos? <laughs> so, <laughs> mate, you're wrong, all right? You know what? You're wrong. You're wrong. Already. You're wrong. Already. See, at you're wrong with uh, right. uh, that's, that's a good start to the podcast. Hey, let's get straight into the show because we've got so much to talk about. Yeah. Let's yeah. start off with first things first. First things first. So the first thing we wanted to talk about is Russell Westbrook. We knew coming into the season that there was a chance that he could end the season with a triple-double, obviously, with Kevin Durant leaving don't know whether many people thought that it was actually possible, but it's, it's, as each week passes, it's looking more and more possible that he could finish the season with a triple-double. What he is doing is just absolutely sensational. Like, there's no... I can say, like, oh, remarkable, unbelievable. You say all these words to explain it. At the end of the day... Still some, doesn't do it justice. No, you just got to no. watch. Like, what's he at at the moment? 30.9 points, 11.3 assists, 10.3 rebounds. He had a rebound in a triple double in less than twenty minutes against the Knicks the other day. Less than twenty minutes, he put up a triple double. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like, and it can continue as well. I think it's something that is, I mean, sustainable for the rest of the season. I don't think he'll end up averaging one. I just, I think, think he'll be just short. Of I one. think he'll be like something like be a nine, damn close, like though. a nine point five rebounds or something like that. The amount of energy that this guy has, if he can stay healthy, he's always going <laughs> to yeah. go balls out, and he is their yeah. best player. He's going to have a lot of minutes. They're actually playing some pretty decent basketball. They're going to be around the seven eighth seed, you would say. So they're mm. going to need to be need to have him playing some big time minutes as well, which is only going to help him. Yeah, the crazy thing with this is he's playing so well that. But they're only eleven and eight. Like they need him to get a triple double, like almost every game to and that, and that, literally be in the game. And that's like a problem as well, because obviously people are talking about his MVP campaign. Yeah, can he win the MVP if the Thunder are at five hundred or just below five hundred? Like, I think you should be able to get a look in. Whether or not he'll he get a will look is in. different. No, no, no. But definitely get a look in. You really need to consider all this thing. If your team doesn't finish in the top three, you shouldn't be considered. If you take Russell Westbrook off that Thunder team. They are that's, disgusting. That's, that's a lottery team. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I think this this year, like, we've, everyone, not just us, we've all spoken about how you have to be in the top two uh, of the conference to make the um, MVP, you know, conversation, if you will. But I feel like this year could be an outlier because you got so, not only Westbrook, you got Harden, who's posting pretty much 29 and 12 in Houston. Anthony Davis is getting 40 points and 15 rebounds almost nightly. I feel like this year might be an outlier year where... I hope these, it is, because if it's not this year, then it's never going to happen. It's, yeah, exactly. Because so, you've got so many of these stars on teams that are kind of subpar, if you will. If if they don't win, they have to change it from MVP to something else. Something best like best player, player on best team or something just, like yeah. that. Name it like a... 
I don't know. Who was because if if you take if you're taking if you're saying MVP most valuable player to their team, there's Westbrook has to win it. Yeah, he has to. But if you're going by def, that definition, so who would be front runner other than those guys out of the 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 players that would traditionally win? If the top three. The team in the top three of the of their respective conferences, who would currently be leading? You'd say LeBron would be up there. Yeah, he would. If be. you take yeah. LeBron off the Cavs, that'd probably be quite considerably worse. If you take anyone off um, the the Warriors, they're still going to be a damn good <laughs> still side. Seventy three win team. Uh, I think I think Durant would still be up there, like in terms of MVP. Absolutely, before. but if you Durant take Durant off that there. side, they're still going to be a good side. Yeah, still I know. Freaking good, yeah. They yeah, are. but it's it, a tough one. Durant's having a great season. Like he's he's having he's, a, almost a career year. Yeah, he's having it. <laughs> the ridiculous. thing is, he's awesome. He he came to Golden State, and we all expected his numbers to drop, and we haven't seen him drop like massively. But he's gotten way more efficient. So he's essentially doing what he used to do, but with well, space at, the way that they are. Yeah, at a at an all time level efficiency, which I know, I know he who he plays with and and the team that he's on and who he's joining. We've we've heard all that, but. Um. Still, you can't. What? What's he averaging? T- almost twenty eight, twenty eight, five and five or something. Yeah, and um, shooting like fifty seven percent. Like fifty seven. It's not like the you know, defenders is getting out of the way. Like he has to still do it. So yeah. I, I think it's very. Impressive. I mean, playing with Golden State has helped because he's just getting a lot more open looks. Obviously, mm. it's harder to commit a double team to Durant when you're leaving Steph Curry and Clay Thompson open on the perimeter, and vice versa. Just Steph and Clay are kind of missing a like. Good shots at the moment, which is really weird, but that's going to even out. So this offense is going to get even better. Um, but back to Westbrook, I just feel like it's it's so hard to average a triple double. Yeah, it's the, ridiculously hard. The good hard. thing is though, if I if he does finish with that triple double, I think that goes a long way into getting him as the MVP candidate, regardless of where yeah. they finish, because yeah. it I is think, that tag of the historic, yeah. triple it's double. Historic. If it's if it's just short, if it's a, a point short or a rebound short, then I think. They probably wouldn't yeah. consider him yeah. as much, but if it's just there's that little bit of difference where he gets that tag of having the first triple double, finishing with the triple double since Oscar Robinson, yeah. that is I reckon that'll that's what will get him over the line. Yeah, I've, 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 go on, Chris, go on. No, because Oscar did this in what 1962, I think he did it in the 60s, so it basically hasn't been done in almost 50 years. So, and you look at how many great players have come since Oscar. Le, you know, LeBron James, even he hasn't been able to do it. And he's been on teams where he's had to do everything. So I think with Russ doing what he does, we kind of take it for granted how hard it is to get a triple-double in, in the game of basketball. And um, and people talk about his efficiency and stuff, but still what he's doing is so impressive. Mike Conley has got an injury for the Grizzlies. Grizzlies yeah. are a team coming into the season that... I wasn't so sure. I didn't know how they were going to play. They've been going all right so far this season. But that injury to Mike Conley is a big one. He's getting paid big bucks. It's massive. I mean, he's out for about six to eight weeks. It's a back fracture. He's he's, he's very important in that Grizzlies. He's been living up to his contract. Like, he's been playing good. He's averaging a career high 19.2 points, five and a half assists. But the most important thing is, is when the Grizzlies are on the... When Conley's on the court... The Grizzlies are outscoring teams by 6.5 points per 100 possessions, which is a really good mark. But what is off the court, they're getting outscored by 13.8 points per Ugly. 100 possessions. It would be the worst rate in the league if, yeah. like, if that was curated across the entire season. And their offensive rating would be the worst in the league with him off the floor as well. So it just shows how much he means to this team. I mean, you look now, you're going to have Andrew Harrison and Wade Bolden. Playing their point guard, that's going to be their. I mean, yeah, that's a big drop. Andrew <laughs> Harrison, he cannot shoot the ball. 
Wade Baldwin's fallen out of rotation since the start of the season when he got a, a bit of minutes. It's supposed to be a curse in Memphis. Do you, do you reckon they have to make a trade? I mean, trade right. Conley. No, not not Conley. To someone kind of like what uh, the Bucks did when Middleton went down. They got um, Tony Snell, possibly something like that. Because I feel like that's kind of if you want to compare what what the Conley impact is, sure. it's kind of like what Middleton is to to um, the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Just w- but then who who do you get? Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really hard to make a trade at this time of the season. Mm. I think we're still at a point where most teams. They still want to see what they've got with their current rosters. I think around mid December, yeah, because late de- December, that's when the trade talk ran. Because December fifteenth, where the deadline, the yeah. deadline where players who sign contracts in the previous summer can actually they're eligible to get traded. So. Yeah, so I think it might be a bit early. Yeah, I just think it's Memphis, man. Like Chandler Parsons has played six games. Tony Allen has played eleven. Zach Randolph is on personal leave at the moment, so that, that's tough to comment on. James Ennis and Brendan Ryder out. There's a lot of guys that are injured. There must be something in the water. Is it too early to put a crush? I don't think so. Because it's only six weeks. I, I mean, mean, they're eleven and seven. They're seven and three in the last ten. So they're winning games. Yeah. So and the West isn't what it used to be. Like the the last few playoff seeds in the West. I mean, historically, like remember the West. It's like you got to win fifty games to be in the Western Conference final. The Western Conference playoffs. Not anymore. A five hundred record could probably get you into the playoffs in the West this year. So, do they still make the playoffs? I mean, I don't know. It's I, I think they say. do. I think they do because you look at the West at the moment. Like you said, it's very open out there, especially the lower seeds. You, yeah. If you look at the standings now, Memphis is eleven and seven, and there's four teams who are separated by a game between four and seven. So you can easily go up and down. All they so, got to do is tread water. Yeah, exactly. And All and they've still is... got Marcus Gasol, who's playing very yeah. well. Uh, 18 points and five yeah, rebounds. Hopefully, Randolph is back sooner rather than later because that's, yeah. that's not an injury. And and they're a veteran ball club, so they understand. They know what it takes to grind out and win games. And I think without Conley, we've seen this season that they've kind of switched their mentality from a grit and grind to running up and down a bit more. But with Conley out, I think they might have to resort back to that old style of play just to tread water until he returns. Uh, so one of the things that Luke wanted to have a look at today were teams. We wanted to go through the teams that were either. A lot better or a lot worse than their records suggest so far. Yeah. Right? So we went through, we had a look at every team's records, and then we projected what we would have thought this team would have been at this stage of the year at the start of the season. Does that make sense? Yep. <laughs> it, and does then we me. Projected, it does to me. Then we projected how many games over or under they are based on what we would have thought they were at this stage of the year. Yeah. So yeah. there was one team that you wanted to uh, touch on shortly, but I'll, I'll, I'll go through. This is... This is our top. We got four overs and 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 two unders, right? So these are the a few of the teams that we thought have overperformed so far. The first one was the Lakers. So far, they're nine and ten, and we went back and thought, well, at this stage of the season, we probably would have projected them to be around about a five and fourteen team. So they're performing around about five games over what we had anticipated. Whether that's right or wrong, we, yep. we think they're yep, probably yep. overperforming. We got the Bulls; they're ten and six. We project them to be around about six and ten, so that's four games over. And then the Knicks and the Nets, we had it three games over. The two game, the two teams, sorry, that we had as underperforming were the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're five and twelve at the moment. We probably would have projected it around about an eight and nine record, so that's yep. three wins under. 
And the last team is the team that Luke wants to touch on. That's the Utah Jazz, who are ten and eight at the moment, and we probably would have projected them around about thirteen and five. This isn't very, yeah. uh, ad- this isn't advanced stats or anything like that. This is purely Luke and I going, yeah, thirteen. It's about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, it was yes, top thirteen. Yeah. Just yeah. like yeah, okay. there. nothing no. else supporting it. But yeah. it is cu- purely just what we thought would have happened. So, Luke, yeah. why don't you tell well, us about uh, the Utah Jazz? I think the reason with Utah and Kevin O'Connor on the Ringer wrote a really good piece on this over the week is that they're ten and eight. But if you look at the look at their look at their numbers, they're sixth in net net rating. They're the third best defense in the league, and their offense is at about average, maybe a bit below average. But that's okay because they've got a really good defense to to they kind of back that up. Um, I just, I mean, they're in the top 10 for rebounding percentage and effective field goal and true shooting percentage. So all their numbers, all their metrics are really All their good. metrics are really, really good. And they've had a lot of injuries. Like Derek Favors has missed time and has been on a minutes restriction. Uh, George Hill had that thumb injury. He's playing unbelievable basketball. Yep. Gordon Haywood has missed time. Like you look at their most used lineup, their most used lineup, excuse me. It's Rudy Gobert, Boris Diaw, George Hill, Rodney Hood, and Joe Johnson. Like that's a good lineup, but they aren't. They're not the guys. There's that no. Be your... There's no Haywood in yeah. there. Like these, this isn't the core of the team. There's no Haywood or Favors in there. So I look at this team and I think they're, they're a lot better than ten and eight. Like yeah. they, they will still win mid forties. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. will they win fifty? I'm not too sure. Like, can you reach fifty wins if you're at five hundred this time of year? I don't know, but. They're definitely a lot better than a 10 and 8 team, simply because they haven't been healthy. Like, you look at the three man unit of Gobert, Haywood, and George Hill, outscoring teams like 29.9 points per 100 possessions. Like, granted, it's a small sample size, mm. but it's definitely a positive. Yeah. And this is a team that they're, they're so versatile. You have a guy like Trey Lyles, who plays the, he's a ball handler on the court sometimes in pick and rolls and bringing the ball up the court. This is a really good team. And in a West Conference, like we mentioned before, that's really wide open, there's no reason why they can't jump up to that fourth seed behind the Warriors, Spurs, and Clippers. Yeah, and I think, um, like you mentioned, their defense is something that's it's very elite. and it's Which keep, it's always been, even it's, last it's year. It's always been elite, and Gobert's defending the rim at an unprecedented level this year. He's been outstanding. Um, and also, you mentioned George Hill. He's He's just been rejuvenated almost, not that he was a bad player in Indiana, but shooting the ball unbelievably, 54% from the field, 44 from three, 21.2 points a game. And he's kind of, when we talk about great point guards in the league, this is a guy that we kind of overlook a lot of the time, but uh, he's fantastic. And when he's producing like this offensively, we know how good he is defensively already. And it just, when that guy's your head of the snake, your team's going to be really, really good. Does anyone else want to talk about any of the other teams, either uh, overperforming, underperforming, Lakers, Bulls, Knicks, Nets, Utah, um, and Minnesota? I think or, Minnesota is just yeah. filling the effects of you can't just have a coach in Fibido walk a great defensive coach. You can't just walk in, click his fingers, and bang, they're a top 10 defense. Yeah. Like, this is a team that still got coached by bad defensive coaches previously. So these young guys already had those schemes and, and systems in their head. You can't just take that out in one offseason. Yeah. And like I didn't have them in the playoffs coming into the season, I wasn't as high on them. Not because of their. I still talent. had them at ninth or tenth. Not because they, of their talent. Yeah. I think I had them about tenth or eleventh. I'm not too sure. Only because of their youth. Not because they were bad. Yeah. A bad team. Because they. And the youth, youth is a big part of why they've been dropping a lot of fourth quarter leads. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. the worst third quarter team in the league. <laughs> 
which is like by a horrible margin um, as well. If you look at their numbers, I think they have a net rating of about 15 in the first half of games and minus 17 in the second so half of games. So it's a complete so, opposite. But, but it's um, it's symptomatic of a young team. And that's what they are. And I, I think a lot of us made a mistake of thinking um, they could, because Tibbs was coming in, because they had Towns, Wiggins, and Zach Levine, that they're just going to automatically win games. But you realize how hard it is to win games in the NBA. And yeah. I think these are just growing pains for the, from the Wolves. You see them... They lose a lot of close games. Yeah, if you're um, going to be in a game that's you know four or five points, yeah. chances are you're going to come away with the W because they they just don't know how yeah, to win that's, yet. Those that, close exactly, games. Exactly. Yeah, and that's you talk about Memphis and they're exactly the off, opposite. Yeah, they I think just find a way to. I think win they're seven and zero in games where the margin is uh, five points or less in the last five minutes. So that's just that just shows you the uh, difference between experience and inexperience. Yeah. And I think this is something that I was worried about with Fibido coming in. Is that will he just run his players into the ground like he did it in Chicago? That was one of the main reasons he fell out of yeah. favor of the front office there. He just ran those guys into the ground. This is a really young Minnesota team, and like to have Fibido just constantly barking at you on yeah, the sidelines, <laughs> and like the way he. But that's just how he is. That's his coaching style. Like that's not going to change. Yeah. But I just like I, he's never really been a guy for player development. Yeah. Which you, is what this team needs. He's been a guy that comes in into a contender mm-hmm. and ha- elevates them. Because yeah. those Bulls teams were really, really good under him. They were awesome teams. Yeah. Probably unlucky not to get to the finals on a few occasions yeah. just because they ran into LeBron. But, like, he's never been a guy that can take the reins of a young team. But, I mean, when, build he, them. when he came to Chicago, they were pretty young. Yeah. They were, they were an eight seed. Yeah, but can we, see, can we see someone like, Someone have a Derrick Rose esque MVP season, like yeah, can, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, okay, I definitely can. Uh, not this early. Not 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 this season. Like that um, Bulls team was better than this Wolves team. Wiggins will be pretty close next couple of years as well. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going to be up there. I think this is the season where they're going to have to have these growing pains. But I think from here on, they can yeah. kind of had that similar traje- trajectory that the Bulls teams had, but. You mentioned I don't, how I don't know because those Bulls teams they were Eastern Conference Finals teams. Yeah, but in, in the way the in the top of the West. Yeah, but I don't know. but it was before. I don't know if you're talking about Tibbs when Tibbs didn't have a ready-made team when he came there. He he no, made it was more he made re- he made them into a great great defense. It was defense. more more yeah. ready-made than this Minnesota team. Yeah, I'd yeah, say. you you can say that because they they were in the playoffs before they came. For yeah, sure. this is a team that hasn't um, made the playoffs in a decade. Yeah, so. but you you mentioned uh, I found it funny like. If you watch a Minnesota Timberwolves game, you can hear literally hear Thibs. Yeah. It's like rip, rip. And Towns gets a ball in the post, like go to work. <laughs> and it's like I don't know if if I'm a player how how much because I'm I'm a fan and I'm listening to it and I was getting tired of his voice yeah. and I'm pressing mute. You can't <laughs> press mute on the court, so yeah. I don't know. After like four or five years, that's kind of what would wear wear on people. And um, but that's. It's it's kind of like Draymond Green in um in Golden State. It's it's his blessing and his curse. Yeah. Um. So, um. No, it will be interesting to watch. Look, uh, their future still very bright. Speaking oh, of speaking of coaches going ape shit. Yep. Did you see <laughs> Doc Doc, Doc today? <laughs> was, yeah. he, he was. Exp- <laughs> Twitter's having a fun. It's turned into an if, internet. If no internet one's seen meme. it, go on Twitter or just or Google it. You'll find it pretty quickly. He got. Did he get? He got teched for it. Did he get? Did he, he got, got ejected. He got ejected. Got ejected. Oh. Probably rightly so, I'd say. Yeah. 
Went um, absolutely off his tree. It was just a weird day. You had J.R. Smith shaking hands with Jason Terry. <laughs> like, and it, oh my and then like just ignoring it after the game. Which is actually just a stat here. It's the second time in NBA history that the team with the worst record won every game on one day. Really? Today. Second time in history. That's amazing. So I think of like the billion NBA yeah. days. Who, who that. tweeted that? Uh, that was from the um, ESPN NBA. How do you account. even find that stuff? It's That's amazing. The, um, the, Al- the Alias they have- Sports Bureau got that one. Yeah. Very good. They, people really, they, have, they have stats there's, a, there's a tweet with uh, the Doc Rivers gif and it says uh, when he starts dating the girl he told you not to worry about <laughs> yeah that's good <laughs> Sp- speaking of the Clippers actually they started off the season red hot we spoke about them mm. last week saying how good they looked I think you guys have written a couple of articles about it as well mm-hmm. since Thanksgiving they are 0-3 are they the most disappointing team I've, of the past I've, week? I have a theory. They had food poisoning. They had food poisoning? Well, they wherever were, they ate. Did they well, have a Tadakan? <laughs> I don't know what they had, but much. it wasn't good. Well, it wasn't very they, good. They were at the last Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. So <laughs> maybe Jerry Jones got something weird in there. <laughs> down at Jerry World down there in Dallas. But um, Doc realized that's why I was fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, they've been not good since Thanksgiving. Like, mm. that Pistons loss, you can kind of say it was maybe a schedule lost after Thanksgiving in Detroit, it was tied up in the fourth quarter, they just couldn't close the game out. Yeah, whatever, you move on, you bounce back next game. They got plumbed by a poor Georgeless Pacers team. Like They were horrible. They were turning the ball over. 19 points. Yeah. They were turning the ball over at a ridiculous rate. They were throwing it all over the court. Then, to, uh, then they lose to the Nets in double overtime. Like It's close, but you should be beating the Nets. Like, these are now... Yeah. This isn't... It's almost like, well... It's a big road trip. Is it the same old Clippers? Big and then they, they got the, the Cavs. They're in Cleveland next. So it doesn't get any easier. Not gonna that that pace game, come- by the way, was 21 points, not 19. Yeah. Clearly, my math, <laughs> math is just terrible. And Cleveland's coming off a bad loss as well. So, like, yeah. they're going to be fired up. Clippers are going to be fired Five-game road up. trip, though. That's, that's, it's tough. But Especially if you're for Western tough. Conference teams. I think yeah. the East Coast road trip is so tough. Yeah, yeah. but if you're, a, if you're a championship contender, like, you can't say, oh, it was just a road trip. Like, yeah. no. You've got to win these games. And I, I spoke to Luke about it because we spoke about Cleveland loss today, and I was saying that good teams, they, they do have the odd... Blowout loss, yeah, the odd it, surprise it happens, loss. It happens. But they don't make it turn into a two, three, four game losing streak. We see Golden State, when they lose, they lose by 20, 30 points. Like they get smashed. But they haven't lost consecutive games in about three years because they're a great team. That's what they do. So the Clippers have lost three in a row. So I'm not saying they're not a great team, um, but it's something that they have to uh, switch around very, it's definitely very, something very quickly. Minor. I think that was one of the, the concerns people had was with their hot start. It's like, okay. How are they going to deal with adversity hits? Yeah. Now, that's in their problem in the last six years. Yeah. Is when adversity hits, they've gone into their showers. Yeah. I mean, they're a it, very thin skinned team. Yeah. I mean, it's still, oh, I know. I do it, my head in sometimes. What are we? We'd, we'll probably be in December when the listeners listen to this podcast. Yeah. So, like, it's still early in the season, but still, it's this stuff you've got to deal with. Like, they've got to bounce back. One thing I don't like with the Clippers is we know how Chris Paul makes his team tick, yeah, but the games where they. He starts out flat and he starts out not very aggressive. Is is the games that they inevitably play poor in? Whereas in the games where he comes out aggressive, really almost looking for his shot, because we know he can he can find anyone at any time. He's, so do you think it's a matter of him playing down to some opponents? Yeah, I th- I think it could be. Yeah, I think that, it could that's be. probably a problem. Yeah, that's probably a, that's a problem around the league a lot. Yeah, I mean, 
teams. We, we've seen Cleveland did Cleveland a ton do it last year. They, they, they're still doing it now. Celtics <laughs> yeah. are very, Boston very, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone does it. I mean, Golden State, I mean, Phoenix have been in two games against them this year. Golden State loses to, at the Staples Center every year. That's yeah. a tradition. Although, so, I think... I think they're just hungover. I think they I think <laughs> they just destroyed that fury because they hammered them two times. Yeah, last yeah. They destroyed the Lakers. <laughs> ha- we, we, without D'Angelo and, and... Oh, okay. But I don't think right, that, that one-eight though. upset isn't happening anymore. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You guys want to move on to starting five? Let's yeah, move let's on. Do it. Let's do it. On the SEN NBA podcast, the starting five. So last week our starting five was the two guards, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, the three forwards, Chris Stapps, Pazingis, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. Boys, got to make at least one change at most Four changes. Luke, let's hear your nomination. So, just like last week, I've made three changes to okay. the team this week. So, I've taken out both guards. I've taken out Clay Thompson Take and Jimmy both. Butler. Okay. Right. I've replaced yep. them with Westbrook, who we, dis- Westbrook, yep. we discussed earlier. No need to talk on him. And James Harden. Okay. He is back at his MVP form. Mm-hmm. He is playing so well. The Rockets are winning games. James Harden's look unbelievable. In the forwards, I've kept Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant. Taken out Paul Zingas. A little bit of a down week. Putting Kevin Love. The Eastern Conference player of the yes. week. Absolutely yes. incredible. Had the 34-point quarter against Portland. He's putting up big numbers. And he's playing the way that I think a lot of people expected when the trade happened two years ago. He's looked awesome. So that, therefore, my team this week is James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kevin Love. Yep. I've got the two of your two people you brought in, Kevin Love and Russ. I've got both of them in yep. as well. Um, in for Clay Thompson and uh, Chris Tabs for Zingers. Okay. I have actually kept uh, Jimmy Butler in. I think he's been fantastic. His play hasn't necessarily dropped um, for me enough to warrant his place getting taken by James Harden. Um, I think he's been outstanding and has led the Bulls to... He was, They're third in the East at the moment. And it's a team that none of us predicted to be up there. Yeah. So, James Harden this week, 23 points, 10 rebounds, uh, 23 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds, 38 points, 10 assists, 26 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. And uh, he, two. Are you able to get Jimmy's games? games? My laptop's just frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is why I like the the way that we do the starting five because each time that we get rid of someone, it sounds like yeah. we're disrespecting them. No, really, absolutely not. That's why it's so difficult. That's why I wanted to structure it the way that we do because yeah. so it you, is hard to say, well, you know what? Jimmy, you're getting the flick. You had a good yeah. week, but someone's better than you. Rather than just having your starting five each week where you start from scratch, you're not leaving anyone out. Yeah. Whereas this one, you're, t- you're kicking someone out, and I like it. So in the end, I've gone with Luke's changes. So I reckon we want the uh, the two guards as Westbrook and Harden. Yep. As hard as it is to get rid of Butler, I think those two have just been phenomenal this week. And our forwards, of course, love Durant and Davis. I think that's all pretty And another in. thing with me with Butler was, yep. as I made the point last week with LeBron, Bulls played two games this week. Nah. So go. if you don't play, he go. played great. Thirty-five points, twenty-six points, fifty-five percent shooting, sixty-six percent shooting. You know, rebounds are in there, assists are in there, but it's just Harden played that extra hasn't, game. Hasn't played. Bulls had a loss to the Nuggets, which isn't a great, which is a bad loss. And granted, Denver aren't that bad. Yeah, but still, um, you look at Houston. They they had that loss to Toronto, beat the Kings, beat Portland, both comfortably. Lost to Utah today, but. Oh, to me, Harden had a better week, and I oh, think yeah, it's. Look, I think it's Harden, so hard. It's so hard with this. There's so many good players. There the is. It, it's really. So I mean, we haven't players, even put, like, which I feel really guilty about every week. We haven't put Giannis in a team yet. Yeah, Giannis yeah, is fantastic. He's today. in the MVP conversation. He is. No one's talking about him. Yeah, he's. 
He's, he's unbelievable. Bring him in next week. Maybe. Bring him in. Well, <laughs> Duran has been in the team every week. Durant's in top is the top of our leaderboard. Hey, player of how the How would OKC feels, uh, fans feel Westbrook, Harden, and Durant on this right? team? Oh, no. It's oh, tough. Oh, don't say that. Hey, Chris, you got something that you want to say about uh, Stephen A. Smith? We played yeah. earlier? Well, we'll uh, after he says okay. it. Okay. Oh, sorry, All right. Do you know so, how it works Spoiler yet? alert. We've been doing this for three weeks. <laughs> so, after Kevin Love dropped uh, 40 points against Portland earlier in the week, he had obviously 34 in the first quarter. Uh, Stephen A. Smith on ESPN First Take had this to say. This is no knock against Kevin Love whatsoever. His basketball IQ is off the charts. He's incredibly skilled. He's a, he's a big-time player. He's averaging 21 and 10 this season. He's clearly being casted correctly, used correctly by uh, a young, great coach in Tyron Liu. I've just always viewed Love as a better one or two option, pretty much primarily a two option, as opposed to a three. He's a big-time player, but I do think being that third wheel is very, very difficult for him. And even though Tyron Liu gets him the first touch of every game, make sure he has him more assertive and active because he's getting him the ball on the blocks and he's doing some things. I think against some of the better teams in the league who actually know how to get out on the perimeter and defend perimeter shots, we're not going to see something like this from him. I think in order for Love to be that big-time dude that we saw in Minnesota, I think he'd have to be the secondary offensive option, which obviously he would not be with LeBron and Kyrie there. I just... So basically he's saying Kevin Love's too good to be the third option, so he's not a member of the big three. Like, doesn't, that logic doesn't quite make he, sense. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. And we mentioned Kevin Love, he, he's coming... Off a fantastic week where he was named Eastern Conference Player of the Week, he, which for me, as a Cavs fan, I was really happy to see that. I was happy. I wouldn't say as happy as winning a title. Winning a title, <laughs> that's something that special. Would be an incredible, that, that, that would that, be even that, stupid to come. That, that, that's pretty stupid. I would be wrong for saying that. It would <laughs> but, be absolutely wrong. But having Kevin Love, I think I don't think people realize just how much this guy has had to sacrifice over two years. He was a perennial All-Star coming into Cleveland, and he hasn't made the All-Star game since he came to Cleveland. He's seen his numbers dip, his touches dip, his minutes have fallen. He's sat out of fourth quarters, and I think now for him to finally see the fruits of that in not only a title, but finally something personal, something that is not because of LeBron James. Is, you know, it's Kevin Love is player of the week, not not the... Cavs starting five or whatever. So I think it's awesome to see him finally get that recognition because a lot of people wrote him off and, and thought that, you know, he was washed up and, and, and not not a you know top 20 player in this league. A lot which, of people thought his numbers were just a byproduct of being on a bad team. Yeah, exactly. And he he's still... There's no player like Kevin Love for me in, in the league that can shoot like he does, can, can pass, can rebound. And... um. He's been excellent defensively this year as well. I think that's where he's been criticised a lot. Yeah, I just want to go back to something that Luke was saying about yeah. how people thought that he was only good because he was on a bad team. And I don't know whether you guys read an article a couple of years ago when he was still at Timberwolves that Bill Simmons wrote about how uh, that Kevin Love was overrated. Started off the article yeah, kind of that. having that same kind of sentiment that he was just yeah. putting up uh, yeah. big numbers on a, on a, a bad team. But as the article went along... 
he started to realise that Kevin Love was actually an Good. incredible player, and by the end of it, he was saying he was underrated. <laughs> that that's so completely it, well, changed. That, that just sounds like so Bill Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> such well, a Bill Simmons thing to do. That is really like Kevin Love's career in an article. Yeah. He's just been, oh, you know. He's he put him in Cleveland. He, he's not that good. He's not an all star. Take him out of the lineup. Oh, the Cavs are better without him. But then you put him in. He has these good games. You're like, okay, no, no, he's still a good player. It's been up and down for two years. I think now we are really, really seeing what this Cavs team can be offensively because their defense has been bad. Yeah. They're like 17th, I think, in defensive rating now, which is really bad. Yeah. But we're seeing now offensively how good this team can be. Great. I mean, they're not even playing at full. Like no. focus yet, so we're really, really seeing that. Yeah, they can all score twenty points a game. Yes, they yeah. can, and they can all shoot efficiently. And Kev can still get a double double, and they can still all make the All Star game. So it's exciting to see. And that's the thing for me with Kevin Love. We we know he can shoot, and obviously, you know, NBA is a make or miss league. You know, he's not going to shoot eight eight of twelve from three every night. He's not he's not going to shoot seven of nine from three every night like he did earlier in the week, but. You see, for instance, today, now obviously the Cavs lost this game, but um, Kevin Love had a 3 three of 10 game, you know, 13 points. But in years past where we've seen him have a cold shooting night, he would not contribute in any other form of the game. He still had 13 rebounds. And defensively, I think if you watch him now, if you watch the Cavs now, obviously, granted, as a team, they haven't been good defensively. But you see Kevin Love, he's now... And maybe it's because he's more healthy this season, having had a full off season. But he he now knows where to go on a, on a switch with a guard. He's quick enough, and he's able to at least corral them for that two, two, three, four seconds that you need. Because if you're talking about a, a situation where you're switching a pick and roll, a big really only has to defend the, the guard. He has to hold him up for maybe three, four, five seconds tops. It doesn't have to be the whole twenty four seconds. So. I think Kevin Love, he's he's showing that he's showing his way, his ability to impact the game in ways other than his scoring and his shooting, and and I think it's excellent to see. So I, that's why I think Stephen Smith is. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Nicely done. Hey, you want to get to the, my favorite uh, segment on the show? Yeah, it's time for Colt Rookie I'm ready. of the Year. Ooh. It's the most prestigious honour in the world of NBA. And now it's time to announce this week's nomination for the Cult Rookie of the Year. It is the most sporadically awarded weekly award. Yeah. It is the Cult Rookie of it's the all Year over award. The place. And um, if you don't know the rules, just go on scn.com.au, uh, hit the SCN America tab, top right-hand corner, and find my article about the Colt Rookie of the Year. Chris doesn't read it. He doesn't know the rules. <laughs> I did, read it. I right. did read it. I got you it. You actually read it? I got it, yeah. You all on board? Yeah. Sweet. Beautiful. All right, so this week, Luke, you have a nomination for yeah. us. We, only really, we don't do this every week. It's really whenever a Colt Rookie, someone who is uh, eligible for the Colt Rookie of the Year, stands up and has a good week. So you've got a nomination for us this week. I like um, Malcolm Delaney. You know, it's not uh, really off this week, but yeah. just his entire first month of work. So he played in Virginia Tech from 07 to 2010, if I can remember correctly. 11, I think it was. 2011, yep. yeah. Went undrafted, had a long career in college, a long career in Europe, excuse me. And now he's found a home in Atlanta as their backup point guard. Like, it's not like he is here based on an injury or whatever. When they constructed this team in the offseason, when they traded Ray Jeff Teague, they said Schroeder is our starter and Malcolm Delaney, you're our backup. And he's performing. When he's on the court, the Hawks are outscoring teams by almost 18 points per 100 possessions. When he's off the court, 
they're getting outscored by 4.3 points per 100 possessions. It's a crazy differential between their their um, their point differential with Delaney on the court. You know, he's a guy that can he can get to the rim, he can shoot the ball well, he can create for his teammates. He's a pretty good defender. Does all these things. It does one of those guys that does nothing amazing, but does everything well. well so yeah. I think he's a guy that. I mean, give him credit. Coming into the season, I honestly did not know much, if anything, about him. When I look at the Hawks, I said one of their weaknesses was they got no point guards apart from Shooter. I said they got an undrafted guy running their backup point. He's proven me wrong, and I think he's... I haven't done his um his votes for the guidelines of the cult rookie. I need to That's see right. how They're many very points. loose guidelines we saw last week. I just <laughs> yeah. dropped one yeah. that uh, was written in stone. I just said, you know what, don't worry about that one. Yeah, so, yeah. I think so they're I relatively points, loose. But I think- as long as they're not super as long as we're not talking about these first rounders, these potential superstars, if it's someone that's going unnoticed, let's just give him a bit of love. Yeah, so uh, Malcolm Delaney, I'm giving him some love this week because he's been really good. For a Hawks team that they've stumbled a bit now, but on the whole, they've probably been better than most people expected, I'd say. I mean, they've come back to earth a little, but they're playing good basketball. If anyone has any nominations for a cult rookie of the year, make sure you hit us up on Twitter at SENAmerica. Speaking of which, let's get to our Twitter questions this week. And we have a Twitter question this week. And the question is, Luke, what player would you want to wake up with a motivational message from? And this, of course, is in the wake of the fact that Isaiah Thomas... After playing some fantastic basketball, woke up after a game one day and got a message from the great Alan Iverson saying, keep doing your thing, I'm watching. And obviously Isaiah Thomas being that uh, stereotypical small point guard who has always aspired to be someone like Alan Iverson, Mm -hmm. that would be a fantastic thing for him and, and, you know, being able to get a message from his idol is something that would be... Yeah, like, think about it, like, you look at Isaiah Thomas, he's, what, 26 years old, maybe? 25, 26? So he would have grown up watching AI Sixers teams, you know, go to the finals, seen, watched AI as a small guard go into the lane and finish over, you know, two, three bigs, you know, finish over seven-footers regularly. So it's obviously um, Isaiah's a left-hander, but he's obviously emulated his game to be kind of that scoring guard from point guard position. Big time, and he's having a career year at the moment, Isaiah. Yeah. He's looking fantastic. So the question, what player would you want to wake up with a motivational message from? We're making this past or present players and also past or present coaches. Yeah, and I'm going with Hubie Brown. Hubie so Brown. A lot of people will know the Hubie. The first one come, that you come, want to go come to. Come on Hubie now, Brown. Luke. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people. There we go. <laughs> Luke would, Luke would brush if his I teeth. Could have, Luke brushes his teeth. There you go. <laughs> if I could choose one person to commentate my life, like they walked around with me and did a play-by-play, oh, it'd be Hubie Brown. He's my idol. I love him. He's obviously, he had a short playing career um, uh, in, in the 50s. Long-time career as a coach and assistant coach across the league, multiple teams. He's a guy, he just knows the game of basketball. Yeah. He knows everything. He's smart. I'm, he would have amazing stories. So if I just wake up every day and Hubie just said something nice to me, it would make me happy. Because <laughs> Does it have to be about basketball? Can it be about anything? There will be time. Can you imagine, imagine Hubie Brown asking you, do you want coffee this morning? <laughs> oh, just... He's one of those guys where like, he could say something so <laughs> dumb. Look how excited he is. I'm going <laughs> to have to bring your mic down a little bit. <laughs> he could Such a fan girl. the loudest you've been in uh, <laughs> he could two months. He's literally something. just like giggling. <laughs> he is. Look how, look how loud his levels are. I have to turn his mic down. I could... He could, um, there are times, this is honest, where like there'll be an ESPN game on 
It could be a blowout in the fourth quarter, and I'll turn it on just to see if Hubie Brown's commentating. <laughs> and if he is, I'll keep that game on until the end, just to hear what he has to say. He's a man crush. I value his basketball opinion more than most. Yeah, no. Look, oh, he's amazing. I, the thing I love, and I, I love listening to Hubie as well, and I... I was so sad when Mike Tarico left because him and T- Hubie had such yeah. great chemistry together. Yeah. I loved, I loved listening to them. They played off each other so well, um, and I just love Hubie because he he's he knows the game so well. So he, where, as he's watching it, he'll call out something like like a defensive switch that that a team needs to make or or something they need to do. They you know say they're playing the Warriors. You know, the on the pick and roll switch, the guard, uh, the big man needs to come up more towards Steph. Yeah, he explains and, it well, and then. Once he's explained it, you can see the coach in, in him he come goes out. Coach mode. Where where if when they don't execute that, he just gets so disappointed. <laughs> he's and almost it's fantastic. like I've seen some people go on Twitter sometimes. Like yeah. I don't think they understand Hubie Brown, but they say, "Oh, he's cheering for this team." Because there'll yeah. be times when he a team executes a play, and he'll say, "Like yes, like he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll almost <laughs> clap. Yeah, he'll be happier for them because of the execution was so good." So he's my num- he's my guy amongst others, but he's the one that stands out. Chris, how about you? My my guys, um, it's very predictable, man. LeBron James, LeBron James. yeah, LeBron's just, a big one. It's not like LeBron or Jordan or Kobe. Yeah. Just um. The obvious ones we know. I just feel like he'd be such a good mentor to have. Like yeah. as a as a young not only as a as a basketball player, but as a young man growing up, he'd be such a and this is why I'm so envious of guys like Ben Simmons. You know, coming into the league, having a mentor like that and just because LeBron we we've we've spoken about him so much, but what he does is so impressive off the basketball court in, in terms of how to carry himself as a as a role model, as a father, as a as a husband, um, you know he's fantastic. So, for me to you know wake up something like that, saying uh, you know Chris today strive for greatness, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like yes, yes, Bron, sir, yes, 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 will, yes sir, Bron, yes, sir, yes, sir, Mister Bron, sir, <laughs> Mister Bron, <laughs> <laughs> Mister LBJ. But yeah, no, nah, yeah, that'll be. What about you, Matt? So I got three, and so you have to after I nominate each okay. of them, you All have right. to help me right. select okay. one Sweet. because yeah, cool. We only want to give one. Yes. The first one is Kevin Garnett. This is another guy that is an incredibly big superstar who right. you just want to listen to, right? If yeah. if Kevin Durant offers you advice, you want to be able to take it. Garnet. But the thing Garnet. with Kevin yeah. Durant Garnet. is that he's Garnet. very he's very <laughs> full on. I would not listen to KD. He's so, you wouldn't. K- oh, KD. KD. You're yeah. making. You said Durant twice. Did I? Of guy. <laughs> yeah. We tried to Kevin Garnett. KD. KD. Would, Kevin Durant twice. KD okay. would go tell you to work for another station. It would be <laughs> Kevin Garnett. Yeah. yeah. He'd be. Right? I would get too scared. He's full on. Right? <laughs> he's full on. Oh, oh yeah. He's too intense. But for me. give Luke Huby back. <laughs> he's yeah. shivering. He should be really scared. Where's Hubie? Where's Hubie? <laughs> Luke's literally shivering like KG about to listen, walk in the street. Oh, listen to what he said. Imagine if he said something nice to you. Oh yeah, you'd be pumped. You know you're you'd be up and about. Yeah, and you'd you'd want to work hard for him. He he made everyone around him play yeah. harder, work harder, be better basketballers, be better people. Right? Yeah. Maybe not be better people, but they, they, he made them better mm. on the basketball court. Right? I would love to be able to have some of that in my daily life. Yep. Saying that bit scary. So <laughs> what about someone like Skell? Okay. Brian Scalabrine. All right. He's just such a nice guy. You feel like that he's just... He's if you got a going. message for him in yeah. the morning, I feel like you'd just be happy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how well the, the advice would be, but you'd just be... You'd just be in a good place. Yeah. Like yeah. Just right. getting a, a message from Scale in the morning, regardless of what it is. Hey, man, have a good day. Just try your best. <laughs> Don't worry if you succeed or not. Just try your best. Just try your best. Sweet Scale, you know what? I will. I'll just yeah. have fun. All right. The third one, 
And purely, this kind of goes in the logic uh, that uh, Luke was using before with Hubie Brown and the fact that I think he's probably the most interesting man in the world. And that's Bill Walton. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon <laughs> yeah. getting motivation from me, I don't think any of it would really make sense. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if any of it. <laughs> if any of it. But I reckon it would just be awesome to have someone like him come up with some weird motivational thing. I'll probably throw yeah. in some weird reference that I won't understand or, yeah. or talk about. Something that I've never heard of, but I reckon he would be phenomenal to get a motivation, motivational speech. Can from I the add morning. one to you? And this is not necessarily for everyday right. life, but a NBA player who'd be the best to go out with would be J.R. Smith, without a <laughs> doubt. Without a That'd doubt. Be all right. would be, I don't want to get into motivational speech. Wouldn't say life there. advice, though. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So you have to choose. Who, who should uh, I choose? So. Bill Walton. Bill Walton? I've, I've probably got KG. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, KG's too intense. You're just soft. He's too intense. <laughs> Like, Stand up for yourself, mate. I know. I reckon KG. What's he going to like? Wake up and just like bang his head against your door. Like, wake get up, up get up! <laughs> You'll wake up. And wake, that's a six. <laughs> wake your ass up. Exactly. Wake up in a ball of sweat. Like, actually, yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't let me sleep in, would he? Bill <laughs> Walton would let me sleep in. <laughs> you sleeping four hours a day? He'd be talking to himself as well. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He'd keep texting me until I woke up, and if I didn't respond, he'd ring me. Yeah. And then he'd knock on my door. <laughs> and then he'd drag me out of my... Yeah, I'm going to like Bill that Walton. story of when he was watching... Um, uh, and, oh, some talent show. Some talent show. <laughs> Do you know that story? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, great. apparently, uh, Tara and Lou said it. So, they're at... I think it's at T. Lou's house or at KG's house, and, <laughs> and they're watching some sort of talent show go on TV. Like It's sort of like American Idol, but it's... I forget what it's called, but it's something that... Where they're uh, ba- a band things. members trying trying to make it into a band into in, as a drummer, yeah, right. And KG, so he's Ty Lu says that he starts getting emotionally invested and sweating, <laughs> saying, "You gotta want it, you got to want it." Everything's right? so serious. And then he headbutts the wall. <laughs> yeah, it does that. Then he head headbutts the wall. No, if KG does that to a TV show, I'm scared what he would do. There, to me. there wouldn't be any downtime for you. You couldn't be at home watching TV. Actually, yet you'd be you'd be working. Considering all the time. I spend all my time on the couch watching TV, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> wouldn't like you. Maybe KG <laughs> isn't the best person. I'm going Bill Walton. Hey boys, that brings you to the end of the show today. Beautiful. Ah, that went fast. Thank it you. always does, yeah. doesn't it? Always. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter at SCN America, and you can help myself at Christos Tile. You can read. All of our articles that we put up throughout the week on SCN.com.au. If you hit the uh, SCN America banner, top right-hand corner, you can find all our work there. Luke, where can we find all your stuff? Uh, at Luke Sakari on Twitter. And Chris? Uh, at Silver 23 on Twitter. Thanks for joining us, boys. We'll uh, all do it again next week. All right. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America. Whether you've overdone it at the gym, at the dinner table, or on the couch, AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you. Join direct at ahm.com.au.